0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Simply Be podcast. I have a very special guest here with me today. We've got Molly from Solent Sisterhood coming to talk to us about embodied tarot and I'm really really excited about this podcast episode but first things first I'm just going to drop us into the space So, I'm going to drop Molly and I into the space, and if you feel called to drop in with us, then please do so. If not, you are more than welcome to skip ahead. Okay. So, first, start by taking a few nice, deep breaths into the body into the heart, into the womb. Feeling grounded, maybe with our feet on the earth, if not just envisioning this connection that we have with the earth. (sighs) Connecting up to God's source, bringing through any messages, insights, wisdom in its purest and most potent form here and now. Just letting these codes land into this energetic field, sealing this space with the protection of love. And taking a few nice deep breaths again grounding this energy into the body, into the heart and into the womb. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is just coming back into the space. (laughs) Okay. So we have the lovely molly here and i would i'm just so excited about this this topic because i just find it so fascinating to bring together these different modalities that seem so far away from each other but are both so powerful and to bring them together in this way i've never seen this done before and i personally had a reading with molly recently um and it was just so powerful in the way that She did the reading and rather than just intellectually understanding it with my mind, she um, groups it with the embodiment, which really allows the messages and the insights to land in the body. So I just think that's so, so powerful. Um, But first things first, Molly, I would love to know a little bit more about you and your story and how you have come to, um, come to this work basically.
1: Hey, thank you so much. And first of all, I wanna extend my gratitude to you and that beautiful grounding. It was yeah, I feel super blessed to be here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um so yeah, as you beautifully introduced me, my name is Molly. Uh and I am the founder of Solent Sisterhood. Uh and oh god I don't like the word founder actually um but yeah you understand I started Selen Sisterhood and also have been developing and have developed a style of tarot called Embodied Tarot uh but before that I was a young girl interested in wicca and witchcraft and uh I, I think I first came to the spiritual world when I was maybe about 11 I was um a real bookworm when I was younger and absolutely loved fantasy and books about witches and books about uh, magic. And I stumbled across uh, some YouTube videos. uh, And for those of you who've maybe been in the YouTube space since the early 2000s and 10s around that area, you may remember some YouTubers called Tiptoe Chick, Flora, and if you don't, then these people were just such inspirations at the time in the in the witchcraft community on YouTube. And I, I got into yeah, witchcraft and Wicca, and I remember going to if you're local to Portsmouth and you know Aristia, I've been going to Aristia since I was eleven, uh, and uh, just going in and looking at crystals and things and. And, you know, like that was a big part of my teenage life was was studying and, and finding out what witchcraft and wicca was. And then I think like quite a lot of us on this path, I um, fell away or something happened, which meant that I didn't pursue the things that lit me up or the things that, um, you know, the things that I was really enjoying. And I went to university and and for some reason or another, I I didn't, Uh, continue studying wicca witchcraft meditation tarot all the things I'd loved as a teenager Uh, but very fortunately and uh, unsurprisingly I found my way back uh, a couple of years ago uh, when I started attending uh, cacao ceremonies in Portsmouth and and yeah started discovering who I was again and realizing that you know these things that I loved as a teenager weren't just it wasn't just a fad oh I... yeah oh god I feel like I'm rambling but yeah that is my story I um have been into witchcraft and wicca for a really long time and when I came back to to it in my kind of mid-20s I then started to discover embodiment uh and embodiment practices such as uh queer inspired movement and uh and yoga and one of the most powerful things that has happened in the last couple of years as my relationship with my body has changed as i've dived more deeply into embodiment and what embodiment means to me is this um, understanding of the of of our body and, and tapping into the intelligence and wisdom of our body so yeah and the path has just been so so random so many different things dropping in and so many breadcrumbs um leading one after the other to to now yeah
0: beautiful and I love um what you said about I think that's a really common thing in the way of when we're younger we have these passions and these interests and then they kind of fall off because we're like oh okay this isn't, um, you know, socially acceptable or I need to be doing something else. And then it's funny because we always seem to find our way back. And it's just so interesting how so much of what we're into as a child or as teenagers is actually is actually the way. Um, and then we just find our way back eventually, which is really beautiful. Um, and I love what you said about understanding the wisdom of the body. That's that's a massive factor for me as well um I feel like in my spiritual journey first it kind of started off all up here and like the light codes and the out-of-body experiences and that's all it's all amazing but I feel like the real work is anchoring that into the body and I feel like that's that's why we're here we we've come here with a physical body for a reason so I love that um okay so do you want to tell us a little bit more about what is embodied tarot let's dive deeper into what that actually means and yeah what it means for you
1: Yeah of course such a big question um because it's still it's still in development it's still a something that's growing something that's being um is almost like a it's own living thing um so embodied tarot is what i name uh the style of tarot that i that i offer and that i have developed and continue to be in relationship with um my tarot journey started quite a while ago um but quite like a lot of people i became very um very obsessed with the more intellectual uh and thinking aspect of the tarot um i i i can't remember whether we've just i think we have discussed our star, star signs but for those of you who don't know me i'm a Taurus Virgo Virgo which uh which means if you don't know uh astrology very well the Virgo Virgo aspect is this real just need to have like organized thoughts and things to be in their proper place and so when i was starting my tarot journey i was just absolutely obsessed with learning all of the 78 meanings off by heart and the symbols and it was quite exhausting, and actually was not helpful in my practice whatsoever. And then I came across um, the work of Mariana Louise, with um, Stephanie's sister on Instagram, and she offered an archetypal tarot course. Her work is um, really based in depth psychology and Jungian psychology, and and using the aspects of Jungian psychology and how we understand consciousness and our unconsciousness and our psyche and placed those archetypes within the tarot. And that really was almost foundational for the, the type of tarot that I do now. Um, so I did the archetypal tarot uh, course with Mariana, and I can 100% recommend it. Uh, it is incredible, and she is so, so brilliant. And after working with the tarot in an archetypal way, just for myself and for other people, I started to realise the the power of uh, working with the tarot as a psycho-spiritual tool where all of the cards reflect an aspect of you, reflect an aspect of your inner being, that this work or this way of reading tarot is so much more powerful than reading the tarot for predictive reasons or for answering really specific questions. And and from there, it quite naturally um, evolved to weave embodiment into the practice At the same time as doing the archetypal course, I was also studying um, to become a Koya inspired movement teacher and also studying with Samavesha Yoga. Um, And so, the language that I was using when I was doing Koya, when I was doing um, yoga with Samavesha, it was the language of the soul, it was the language of myth and story and symbolism, but through the body. So, for just for a small example, in one of the yoga classes we might uh, experience what it feels like to be in the skin to be in the intelligence of the skin and after a class we might write a bit about what it feels like to be in the skin, what those what the skin told us what it what the lessons we had and I started to realize that the the way that I was reflecting upon my experience in yoga was very similar to the way that I was reflecting on my experience when seeing a card and so I became curious about what it might feel like if if instead of intellectually understanding the card that I brought it into my body and it very much became a personal practice, an experiment, like a almost like an embodied laboratory where I would pull a card and I would, instead of immediately going to the book or immediately going to my memory bank of what these cards mean, I just started to see what it felt like in the body um, and sat with the card. And as I began to do that, I realized that my body had so much to say and my body had, um, yeah, so much wisdom that I, you know, I, I I knew that already as I was doing choir and uh, and yoga, but it it just became such a beautiful practice. And then as I started to share it in my reading style, uh, I started to adapt the way that I re- I would read and the first questions that I would ask a uh, someone that I was reading for is okay, how does that feel in your body? What is your body doing? What do you notice? And and people started to respond. Um, in in such a way of where we were both talking from a place of the body we were both talking from a place of this like unconscious wisdom um and yeah and then I realized wow this is a perfect combination and here we are it's still this living breathing thing that just keeps growing and adding more and yeah so there you go
0: wow I love that. (laughs) I love to hear the way that it's evolved and the fact that it is still evolving. Like I'm sure that it's just going to be expanding and evolving in so many different ways. But that's super interesting. And I, I love how, you know, what you were saying about being a double Virgo and that being very kind of heady, obviously Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So it's all about the communication. It's all about the thinking, the logical and like getting it into set spaces right and putting it into specific boxes and then as you were talking i was also reflecting on the fact that actually virgo is also you know it's the earth priestess you know it's so earthy and the fact that you're kind of combining these two aspects of virgo the real mercury communication side of things as well as the grounding it into the physical with the movement so that's really really interesting um, And I love what you said about tarot being a psycho-spiritual tool that reflects, each card reflects an aspect of you that really resonates with me because for me, like I always say the truth lies within and I genuinely do believe that this whole existence is a mirror and everything is reflecting back to us something that we need to learn or embody or be. And so that's really, really interesting take on tarot. And it kind of brings the power back to us, doesn't it? Because it's almost like I feel like sometimes with tarot, it can be really disempowering in this kind of fortune telling way of like, oh, no, the card says this. So this is what's going to happen. And it kind of disempowers us. And, you know, the 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 future is constantly evolving and changing. So thinking that is actually disempowering you and actually maybe putting you on a more disempowering timeline. And it's kind of like, what's the word? Instead of like bringing energy to you, it's like taking energy away from you almost. Whereas with this different perspective, this archetypal tarot, it feels like when I feel into that, it's like causing energy in my body rather than taking energy away. Um, So that's really, really interesting. And I'd love to know a little bit more about archetypal tarot because that's something that really interests me. Do you have anything else to share in relation to archetypal tarot, the Jungian kind of perspective, the psycho-spiritual tool that you can use it as? Do you have anything else to share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I first want to just come off the back of what you just said because yeah you really kind of hit the nail on the head from the perspective that I'm coming from in terms of use the the way that tarot is used and I was discussing this with a, a friend um when we were talking about the the tarot in its um in the form where it's used as a fortune teller or where the form where it's used as as more predictive um, one of the things that I feel, and this is coming from my own opinion, because I know that lots of people do really enjoy tarot as a fortune teller or tarot as a predictive way. And I know that lots of people, yeah, really, really, really benefit from that. So this is very much my own opinion, but sitting in front of someone uh, who reads the cards and tells you exactly what's going to happen without even asking you how that resonates, without even asking you how that feels in your body, takes your agency away that tarot reading takes your agency and your choice and your voice away and in an embodied tarot reading or an archetypal tarot reading the 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 readers that are offering readings which are all about you and all about your experience they give you choice they give you agency and it's more of a co-created conversation um, so, yeah, I just wanted to reflect that back to you because it's something that is really yeah prevalent for me right now is this idea of making sure that people feel like they have, yeah, they have agency, they have choice. They 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 are as involved in this tarot reading as I am, if not more, if not so much more than me. Um, but yes, I will talk to you a little bit about archetypal tarot. So archetypal tarot is the name for the style of tarot. Um, which uses depth psychology at its basis, and there are a couple of really amazing tarot readers. For example, Mariana Louise, uh, Alyssa Polizzi, uh, Begin Again Space. These are just some of my favorite people who offer um tarot in this way. And so, um, if we go kind of to the basics of of Carl Jung and and if we imagine that Freud was the is the father of modern psychology, then then Jung is um. Jung was one of his students and so has developed what we understand as depth psychology um, which is a form of psychology that really uh, focuses on um, the unconscious um, um, and Jung proposed something called the collective unconscious which um, talks about how we have our our consciousness our personal consciousness and then our, our personal unconscious which is the things that go from our unconscious and are pushed into our unconscious, like the shadow and and stories and patterns. But beneath that is the collective unconscious, which is this, this space from which the archetypes emerge, the place from which the deep wisdom that everybody has, it's that space that emerges. and And that's one of the reasons why from an archetypal perspective we say that the tarot works these symbols these archetypes come from the collective unconscious which is something that everybody has access to and further to that archetypal tarot um, as a psycho-spiritual tool uh, focuses on the, um, on the process of individuation so Carl Jung uh, talks about this journey uh, in our life as individuation to become Uh, or to individuate um is in essence to become whole to look into your shadow to look into all aspects of self to discover and bring light to all parts of you to integrate those so that you're living in in from a place of wholeness and um and so the the tarot in this way is used as a, a mirror to reflect those aspects of you that potentially you might not know uh, potentially you might not be even willing to look at and invites you to 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 come into relationship with those parts of you so that you can move forward on your path to individuation and and just a note on individuation i use that word uh sometimes in my tarot reading but i also from a from a yogic perspective from a tantric perspective we might also call that awakening and so the the Jungian perspective and the tantric perspective and in, in the way that i read tarot are so So close, Um, but yeah, whatever you call it, becoming whole, individuation, awakening, um, this this is what this style of tarot does, is reflect parts of you so that you may bring them into wholeness to move forward in your journey towards becoming whole, being in relationship with the small self and the big self.
0: Yeah. Powerful. (laughs) I just want to take a minute to just let that land because that was really fucking powerful <laughs> <sighs> yes 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 that resonates so deep for me and the the co-creative essence of that it's you know it's it's the difference for me between even you know reflecting that in in the spiritual community it's it's so much more powerful when you're co-creating when you're co-creating with god when you're not just giving all of your power away outside of you but actually understanding that oh my god i have so much more power than i realize we have the power of choice and so to me it's like it's the it's the micro to the macro right everything um everything is connected and so when you are when you are approaching tarot in this way then you have the ability and the tools to be able to really tap into something much greater and much more empowering. Because at the end of the day, we want to be causing energy rather than depleting our energy in these spiritual tools. Um, So I love that. I love all of that. (laughs) Okay. So let's hear a little bit more about these embodiment practices, these, movement, medicine, Um, I've been to a couple of Koya classes and I only heard of Koya through you actually and I absolutely love the whole concept of Koya, I think it's incredible. Um, So tell me a little bit more about that, tell me more about Koya, tell me more about what you were saying about the language of myth, of story, of symbolism through movement. Yeah let's
1: dive in. Amazing, Um, yeah so one thing um that came up for me as you were talking is t- you were talking about like tarot being that tool and as much as a tool uh something that my yoga teacher um said and taught or she just said the words and they landed so deeply in me that's how i i speak about them now is is these um these tools are gateways uh and there are so many gateways that can bring you into presence that can bring you into um moments of recognition of who you are as a small self and big self and and so i would say for me i have three gateways these things are the practices that bring me into remembering my my relationship with the divine and also that i am divine and they are tarot koya inspired movement and uh, yoga which is inspired by embodied flow um and and the invitation is always to find your own gateway right like that's the reason that I'm sharing is in the hope that I where when I'm sharing that whatever I'm sharing might be a, a gateway for someone else, but you might also have a different gateway. Your gateway might be running or walking in nature. Although I can't imagine anything worse than running. That is definitely not my gateway, but yeah, Koya. So Koya inspired movement was a, um, or is an embodied movement practice that comes from, or was founded by Rochelle Sheik uh, in the United States. It's around 20 years old. Um, And it's an embodied movement practice based on the idea that through movement, you remember your essence as wise, wild and free. And wise, wild and free draw reference to the types of movement that we practice in Koya. So we access the wise parts of ourselves through a combination of wisdom practices from yoga, such as uh, reflection, connection, intention setting, uh, visualization and uh, movements asana. Uh, We access the wild parts of ourselves through the creative expression of dance and moving and dancing in a way that we potentially would have done as children, you know, where the music comes on and we can't help but move and moving like, you know, there's nobody watching. And we access the free parts of ourselves through embodied choice. Something that I was talking about earlier is this choosing how you move through the world, choosing how you move your body moment to moment knowing that moment to moment this might change and the great thing about Koya and and I know that you've practiced with me before is is that there's no way to do it wrong there are no levels in Koya there's no beginner intermediate advanced there's just your way your way to move in your choice and so if I could describe what it might be like to be in a Koya class it's this beautiful mix of women's circle dance class or ecstatic dance, yoga, sharing and each class follows a similar arc so if you continue to come to Koya on a weekly monthly basis you'll begin to understand the way that the the class uh, moves and flows in a very clever way. Rochelle was very clever that where she designed this arc that brings you from the outside world of whatever you're doing into the body and then also into a relationship with the theme because each class has a theme um that we that we invite our bodies to work with and so a theme might be okay what does it feel like in your body when you're in joy when you're in connection when you are sovereign and yeah so that's Koya and Koya for me was the gateway into my body it was the first thing that brought me into embodiment practices it was the first thing that brought me back into almost my spiritual self when I found um Megan Field who is just an absolute angel and one of my biggest teachers and one of my best friends um so yeah that is queer for me was the gateway is the gateway and continues to be the gateway um yeah I don't know if you want to say anything before I move on to yoga because I got so much to say
0: (laughs) I love that um yes I well yeah I well first of all I just want to encourage anyone who's listening that resonates with anything that Molly just said to look into whether there's a Koya class that you can join just so that you can have your own experience of it because it's all well and good explaining it but when you're in that space like it is so powerful Um, and it gives you know for me personally I know everyone is different but for me personally I don't do too well with too much of a rigid structure I do well with like a, a container that is fluid, um, that I can you know, move in my own way in. I know that some people um, really, really thrive in that very rigid, structured way, for example. But with Koya, I feel like it's a lot more fluid and it's a lot more about me and how I move. And so if that resonates with you, I really, really encourage you to look into a Koya class. Koya is Q-O-Y-A um but if you look at the podcast notes I will be putting a load of information on there and I love what you said about a gateway that feels really really good I actually got goosebumps when you said it um because that's so true it is it is like gateways into just remembrance of our true unique essence and our gateways are completely different person to person um but there are these, these these gateways, these doors that we can open that allow us access to a deeper deeper part of us. Um, and so that's really, really beautiful. And yeah, let's talk about yoga because yoga is a massive one and I want to hear your take on it.
1: Perfect. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and um, I'm teaching Koya online. So if, you, if you're wanting to experience Koya, then do um come and have a look at some of my online offerings and you're more than welcome to reach out to me to ask where your nearest local Koya teacher might be Um, and there was something else that you said that I just felt like oh yeah I have to respond to that oh yeah it was the the freedom yeah uh there is no way to do it wrong in Koya and one of the great things is is that that is such a true invitation I really mean it and and Koya teachers really mean it when they say there is no way to do it wrong There is a structure in choir and there is a container um, and I will be giving cues and I will be giving instructions, but quite frankly, you don't have to listen to any of them. (laughs) You do not have to follow any, anything that I say. Um, In fact, you can do the complete opposite and I will cheer you on. In fact, you know, one of the the biggest um, lessons or the biggest things in, in being a choir teacher is, is, getting rid of these stories and getting rid of the conditioning you know like the first time that someone ignored my instructions in choir i was like oh, no <laughs> i said raise your arms and then you have to really like drop into this feeling of okay i said that there is no way to do this wrong and you are choosing to do it your own way despite the fact that i've given instructions and then reframe that as like yes I love it when people ignore me in class I'm like yes you do you (laughs) you ignore me it's such a um such a big parrot like parallel to my actual teaching job I'm a a secondary school teacher in which the uh the invitation to be so free isn't quite there (laughs) so I've had to really drop away some of those like teacher molly layers but yeah there really is no way to do it wrong but Another one of my gateways is, is yoga. And I had uh, I have had a, a huge shift in perspective and reframing of what yoga is in the last two years. I have had quite a poor relationship with yoga in the past. Um, I am someone who um, has been into a yoga class before and being someone in a, a bigger body, um, I have had some bad experiences in which I've been judged or felt Uh, judged or I've been uh, given the easy version or um, the classes that I've been in have been very it's very clear that it's very fitness oriented fitness oriented and so I always believed that my body was not a body that uh, could do yoga the way that we in the west have completely changed the essence of what yoga is has meant that I grew up with a very skewed view uh, and it was only when I started practicing with uh, Colette Davis who is my uh, my yoga teacher and again one of the people that I want to bring so much gratitude to for coming into my life for being a friend of being a teacher but she um, runs the Samavaysha, uh School of Yoga uh, which I have recently just graduated and the yoga that we practice in Samavesha is um, a inspired by the work of um, Embodied Flow, which was founded by T- Tara Jadel, um, and Embodied Flow is a <clears throat> combination of non-dual uh, Kashmir Shaivism, which is a, a tantric philosophy specific to um, the Kashmir region in, in, in India, uh, and so this philosophy combined with the work of Bonnie bainbridge Cohen, who um inspired and founded the body mind centering um movement or the body mind centering way and so body mind centering um builds on the wisdom of the body. It talks about how different different organs, different elements of our body have you know have have wisdom and have things to say to us. And Tara Jadel found that this way of being in relationship with the body and coming into the body to explore the intelligence of the cells, the intelligence of the skin, of, of the lungs, of the heart, she found that it aligned so much with the tantric view of non-dual Kashmir Shaivism because in some yoga practices, um, the body is seen as something to... Um, Something to overcome or something to get past in order to be enlightened. Uh, we can see some uh, yoga lineages that really focus on 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 getting past the the aspect of physicality to to be enlightened. But actually, non-Joel Kashmir Shaivism um, brings it into the body and talks about the body as the vehicle for awakening. Um, and so a yoga class. Uh, that I would take and that I have been trained in um, would very much look like a combination of uh, of different practices such as let's give you an example let's say that the class that I'm giving this week there we go that's a good example the class that I'm giving this week is called the container of grace and so that's the title that's the theme of my class and in um, a, a class inspired by embodied flow or a class that is inspired by the samavesha yoga training. We we work with it w- what is called a ga- gateway. And that gateway is the part of the body that we're going to be dropping into and exploring from. And so this week we're exploring the lungs. And so when we drop into the lungs, we'll start off our class and I'll, and I'll give a, a small talk at the beginning of the class of what the theme means to me and where it came from. And, and then I'll bring you into what we call somatization, which is awakening that part of your body and we might do that by visualization i might drop you into a visualization of the lungs i might bring you into lungs through a certain type of breath uh, through um, certain types of movement we might do weight pouring so i might ask you to just shift your weight to the left and to the right and to feel into the weight of the lungs or the dimension of the lungs and once you are in that space once you're in the mind of the lungs and but bo- in body mind centering, Bonnie bainbridge Cohen talks about each organ and each aspect of the body having its own mind. So once we've dropped into the mind of the lungs, I might then guide you into some movement, and and we might call it asana. So I might bring you into cat cow. I might bring you into a small flow of what we know as yoga poses. But the real intention is to to begin then to feel what do these movements feel like from the intelligence of the lungs. So I'm not asking you to go into a downward dog just because it's part of the yoga practice. I'm inviting you to go into downward dog to see what a downward dog feels like from the perspective of the lungs, breathing into the back of the lungs, maybe even towards the sky as you you do your your downward dog. And from there, once we've done a little bit of movement, I, I invite free movement and just for you to explore where your lungs want to lead you. And and one of the the great thing about one of these yoga classes, it does look very similar to a Koya-inspired movement class in that I can look around the room and there are some people rolling on the floor. There are some people leaning against a wall. There are some people just lying and and, and breathing into um, into that part of their body. And so it is very similar to Koya in the way that we, there is no way to do this wrong. And it is your way and your experiment. And then at the end, we come back together to do some journaling or reflecting on our experience. And so, yeah, for me, yoga, I've had this whirlwind journey of yoga. I, you know, maybe two years ago, I would have said, there's no way that I'm ever going to be a yoga teacher, nor am I someone that is able to practice yoga. And and I just, again, want to bring gratitude to Colette for opening this, opening my heart to um, the tantric philosophy, which is something that I, so deeply resonate with i didn't even think that i would resonate with something so much and also the the practice of of being being in your body and and there being no way to do it wrong um so yeah that is i would i was about to say it's in a nutshell but that was i think that was far from a nutshell
0: (laughs) but there you go (laughs) wow amazing amazing Gosh, I have so much to share um, in response to that. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um first of all, what you were saying back to the back to the Koya, by the way. I don't know how it completely <laughs> exited my mind that you do online spaces, because I did an online space with you, so I don't even know how I forgot about that. And it was so powerful to have this online space and like be doing the Koya and be connected with people. But in the comfort of my own home and like being able to just move out of the camera when i want to and not feel it was just amazing so i don't know how i even forgot about that but yes i will link um all of molly's offerings and um some tools and and stuff in the notes and i love that you keep coming back to this power of choice Because I think it's just so important, us as humans, um, we have this free will, we have this power of choice and we get to choose what things mean to us. Um, And again, with this Koya, it's about unraveling these layers. It's not about adding anything on, it's about really unraveling all of these layers of conditioning. And thank you so much for your powerful share with your personal story in regards to yoga. And again, what came through for me when you were saying that is like, that is a power of choice because you could have taken those negative experiences and you could have made that mean something about you. Or you could have made that, you know, make you completely put off yoga and then you wouldn't have this really powerful gateway for yourself to meet yourself deeper. And now you're sharing it with other people. I just think that's so powerful. And it's there's so much power in what we make things mean um that's what kept coming through when you were sharing that so thank you for that and really understanding this true essence of yoga and the embodied flow I love that and I love this idea of not not looking at yoga and not looking at any kind of spiritual practice as a way to overcome the physical body um, I feel like for a really really long time that was spirituality it was this kind of separation between the physical and the spiritual and it was kind of like this idea of going up into the mountains and meditating for weeks and months on end so that you can transcend the human experience so that you can become this spiritual being and I feel like the medicine of today is to really integrate it it's 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 unity, it's unity within the spiritual and the physical and these practices can really bring us closer to our divine self within our body and I love what you were saying about you know the body being a vehicle for awakening and this idea of kind of like honing in on different parts of your body is so so interesting to me and the fact that each part of your body has a mind I really feel that. I actually really feel that because when I'm tuning into my body, again, movement is a big gateway for me as well. And when I'm tuning into different aspects of my body, they do have an awareness of, of in and of themselves. Um, and so I feel like that's a really powerful way to, I've never seen anyone kind of marry those that with yoga. So that's really, really cool. Ah, <sighs> Yeah. I'm loving these shares this has been amazing
1: yeah I mean I'm gonna come off the. I'm gonna jump in and come off the back of, of what you were just saying first of all I would totally recommend you um checking out Embodied Flow which is the work mm. of Tara Jadel and uh, Samavasha which is the work of Colette um and I offer my own classes but there are so many so many Embodied Flow teachers um that are just doing amazing work and mm. and yeah that it was it was such a shock to me as well to realize that you know like my lungs had had something to say to me or like my skin had 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 some wisdom waiting there for me but it really is true and and the body mind centering um really even goes deep into like the science of of the consciousness of of cells and the consciousness of of different parts of our body so um yeah and there's something else that you said oh my goodness why didn't i bring a notebook to write notes down um <laughs> Oh, that was it about the choice. Yeah. And, and one thing that is really important to me is, is that we, as part of my Asia yoga, I did a, a trauma awareness uh, for, uh, for yoga. And within, within Koya, we also look at trauma awareness on our, on our teacher training. And it's something that's really important. And if, if something that is traumatic is something that happens too fast, too soon, all of these twos and trauma essentially is, is, is something that took our choice away then bringing in choice heals wow um and yeah so that's something that is uh is really important is is having that embodied choice and and sometimes people might not even the people might not take the choice right they might be um the that they might not take the option of of you know going to the toilet whenever they want to or moving in a in a way that feels good for them. They might still follow my cues, but knowing that they have the choice mm. may be, you know, a, an opening to, you know, that gateway.
0: Wow. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Mm. I, I really feel
1: that. Oh, and also, oh gosh, like, another thing that I wanted to say, you said something about like the modern the modern medicine being um bringing that into the body and I just want to highlight something that um that it's not it's not necessarily like I mean it is the medicine of now of the medicine that I'm you know wanting to offer and the medicine that you're offering and it seems that that a lot of people are also bringing it into the spaces but I think it's Difficult to deny the fact that when we look at tantric philosophy and and eastern philosophies, Mm. they've been saying this stuff for a long Mm. time. Like for example, the in Sanskrit there is a word "samskara," which essentially is the energetic imprint of something that happened to you. Let's say something happens to you you, and you don't have the right resources to move that emotional energy through the body, that will then become an imprint within your body, and and. And if we put that into layman's terms or today's terms that's a trigger Mm. and you know it's like oh my god this is this amazing practice that brings me into my body helps me unravel these things but oh wait sanskrit had this word like a thousand years ago Mm. you know like it's been here for a long time and we're you know only just discovering in the west (laughs) yeah um these things and so i really want to um I really want to name the fact that there have been lineages and practices mm. in, in in you know within yoga within uh within the east that have been that have had this knowledge for mm. a long long time uh, so I just want to bring their voice into there that yes yeah
0: that's super important it's been there yeah that's so important to just acknowledge that and acknowledge that that you know our ancestors have had these practices and answers since the beginning of time. And you know, universal wisdom is is something that we all draw upon. And honestly, it comes to a point where it's like, I'm not even convinced that there are any completely new, fresh ideas. I feel like we are all borrowing from universal wisdom. We are all borrowing from ancestral teachings, these ancient teachings And now it's almost the the time for us to really bring that back and bring our own unique spin onto it. It's never going to be exactly the same. We're not going to be copying and pasting, but we're going to be building upon things that have been around since the beginning of time. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for bringing that in as well, definitely. It's really, really important to just acknowledge that this stuff has been around for so, so long, for sure. Okay, do you have anything else to add before we go on to some practical tools? No, I'm ready.
1: Hit me with your question.
0: Okay, so I basically just want to, for whoever's listening, I want to just bring in some really practical, actionable steps that they can take, just baby steps that they can take today to learn tarot in a more, grounded and embodied way and to learn embodiment in in a grounded and embodied way so is there some kind of tools that you can give for people to take away with them today and and take action on
1: yeah absolutely I'm going to start with two of my um foundational like embodied tarot tips Mm -hmm. and so the first one is for for anyone, but more geared towards absolute beginners uh, as you're beginning to learn what, ta- like, what the tarot cards mean. And when you first start learning tarot, uh, a lot of people will tell you to do a daily pull, which essentially just means pulling one card per day and reflecting on that card. I recommend something which I call the daily pull reversed. Because in uh, in traditional terms, or what a lot of people might recommend, is you're shuffling the cards and you're picking one and you're looking at that card and you're saying, mm, okay, you know, what does this card mean? Like, how does it relate to my day? And the the recommendation that I have when you begin to learn tarot is to breathe into or bring yourself into um, what the energy of the day felt like. Maybe it's at the end of the day and. And you just reflect on the day. Okay, the day felt heavy for me, like there was so much going on or, or my day felt really joyful, I felt really celebrated today. And so just really reflect on what the day felt like and then look through your cards face up, almost as if you're you know looking through a magazine of artwork or, or, or whatever. You've got the cards in front of you and find a card whose artwork and imagery relates to your day. So instead of pulling a, a random card, you are choosing this card, and you're saying, "Okay, today my my day felt really heavy, and this image, this picture, really reflects that." And then you might sit with um, a journal, and you might write down, "Okay, why does that card feel like your day?" Okay, the you know the color is quite a dark color. There's uh, a lot of sadness in this person's eyes, and and you might feel called to then look up the meaning of the card in the in the book or or or, or online, but the essence of this tip is that you then begin to relate the cards to your experience it's not okay what I'm thinking of the five of cups because I said it was a really grief-filled day okay but what does the five of cups mean okay the five of cups is you know grief and our capacity to to feel all of the feelings but then you begin to resonate with oh do you remember that day that I felt so rubbish and I had all this grief and I felt really sad Oh, yeah, that's the five of cups. That's what it means. And so you're able to remember the, the vibe or the energy of the card, let's say. So that's my first tip. Um,
0: Amazing. I love that. Oh, I'm so going to do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks. <laughs> it is a, a, one of my favourites. Um, and then the second tip is just to begin, like the foundation of embodied tarot is the question, what does it feel like in my body When? And so it might be, what does it feel like in my body when I look at this card? What does it feel like in my body when I, um, you know, imagine this happening in the card or if I imagine talking to this character in the card? So I might pull a card uh, and sit with it. And before my brain, before your brain starts to analyze what the card may mean, just sit in meditation or, or a meditative state and that means bringing your bring your awareness to presence and that might mean bringing awareness to your breath or maybe bringing awareness to um, to your, your physicality to your body and then just noticing what it what it feels like. And at the beginning it um, it starts to become it, at the beginning it can be difficult to name the feelings is what I'm trying to say. But the more you do it, the more um, you become able to use language to name how it feels in your body. So you might use felt-sense words such as it feels tense, feels fluttery, feels fizzy, it feels expansive, it feels closed. And just notice how your body feels in response to the card. Um, And that's always the basis of embodied tarot. How does it feel in your body? Um, And so that can just be a tip to start with. It might not be that you... Do a whole embodied practice with, you know, dance and free movement. It might just be noticing, and then you take that that embodiment into your life. You know, I I'm sat in traffic. Okay, what does it feel like in my body when I'm stuck in traffic? I've just had a really difficult conversation with with a coworker. How does it feel on my body? How does it feel on my body when I choose to set boundaries with my coworker? And then when you start to bring that question into your life then you then you can start moving from a more embodied place
0: beautiful that is beautiful wow yeah and i resonate so deeply what came through for me when you were speaking is what i always say to people and what i always remind myself um that really helps me to really feel my feelings is is feel your feelings but don't become the story behind the feeling don't become the story that the mind tells you don't make it mean what the mind tells you just feel the feeling as it is in your body um and i feel like that's so powerful when you connect that to tarot because again when you're pulling a card rather than it being this disempowering story that you tell yourself, you know, you pull the, what is it? The three of swords. That's like the cliche (laughs) you pull that or you pull the tower card and you make up a story about what that's going to mean. But instead of doing that to bring that into your body and say, okay, how does this card, how does the energy of this card feel in my body is such a powerful tool in order to really, move that energy within you because that energy the reason that card's coming up is because that energy is within you in some sort of way and instead of internalizing it and intellectualizing it it's such a powerful thing to to bring it down into the body well thank you so much i think what we'll do is we'll just end with three nice deep breaths again Mm -hmm. Just to ground in all of these codes. Again, we've we've been talking about it. We've been intellectualizing it. And so let's just bring it into the body with the breath. (sighs) Just taking some nice deep breaths. Feeling our skin, feeling the inside of our body. I'm just grounding it all in. Deep breath into the heart space. <sighs> cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. How do I stop recording? <laughs>